Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to episode 13 of The Baseline. I'm back, Andy Montanez, here with my colleague, Zach Savonchik. And we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start off with Trevor Bauer signs with Japan's Yokohama Bay Stars. And uh, I saw a lot of things on TikTok and YouTube. I was really looking into it, into this. And I saw something that in Japan they use different baseballs. I feel, saw that they seem different. And the ball's uh, bigger, I think, by like an inch or something. And we all know that Trevor Bauer loves advantages. He was a big part of the the sticky tack stuff that happened in like 2018 when he won Cy Young, 2019, 2020, whenever it was that he won Cy Young, there was a big thing about Yeah. When he won Cy Young, there was a big thing about him using sticky tack and all these foreign substances to help his spin rate. And we and he loves advantages. And I think over there in Japan, he's honestly gonna win every possible award that a pitcher could win. I think he's gonna dominate there. And what do you got to say about that? Uh, I mean I seen he signed one year deal with them. I know he said he was excited to play over there. I mean, I'm glad to see Trevor Bowers coming back, starting to get into baseball again. I mean, I know he has his YouTube pages and stuff and does content. You know, I'm a big, big fan of that. But the article I saw when they were talking about it, they it seemed like they were talking too much about the stuff that went on with him, why he's no longer with the Dodgers, which I understand some shit happened. But they need to start focusing more on his talents as a baseball player because he is an extremely good pitcher. I think he could come back in the MLB and dominate again. But I don't know. I mean, I'm glad to see him getting back into it. Um, just hopefully maybe maybe one day we'll see him back in the MLB again after this stint with Japan. Yeah, I saw a lot of people also say that after his stunt in Japan, like the like a lot of people in the MLB forgive and forget. Like Aldubo Herrera, for example, the guy beat the hell out of his wife and he came back and was a Philly for how long? No one gave a shit. Like, I feel like the same thing's going to happen with Bauer. He's going to go over there in Japan, dominate, win every award possible probably. And then teams are going to see that and be like, all right, the guy still has it. Let's bring him over, give him a little contract, see what we could do. And if not, let's trade his ass. Like, I think that's probably what's going to happen. And going off what you said about him doing content, I really agree with that as well. I think it's going to be really cool to see, like, all all the different things in Japan. Like, I'm sure he's going to be posting a lot of YouTube videos and stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like, it's going to just be really mm-hmm. cool to see, like, the environment and just the atmosphere that over there in Japan. Because, obviously, we see it on G- on TV. They hit a, they hit a home run. They, they're bat flipping the bat 500 feet. They're bat flipping the bat on the ball. So I definitely think that, like – what you said about this content stuff, like it's not only gonna, it's on. I think it's gonna help his popularity as well, just for the plain fact that I feel like the content he's gonna start bringing out, especially over there in Japan with all these young players that we might see in the MLB one day, I think it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, like I know when he was with the Dodgers, he did a lot of content like around the clubhouse and around the stadium and stuff like that. I mean, that was cool to see. So hopefully he does something along those lines in Japan as well. You know, going around town, going around the stadium, going around a clubhouse. You know, it'd be different to see the Japanese, you know, clubhouses and stuff rather than, you know, the MLB, United States ones. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think his personality is going to be different over there for them too. You know, he strikes something out. He does the whole, you know, sword thing. He does – he's confident. He's cocky. And that's why he's so fun to watch. I just I want to see how 
they're going to react to that over there. Or maybe he won't be as cocky and, you know, his personality there. Yeah, I definitely agree with all you're saying. And especially with the stuff, like, he's so entertaining on the mound. Like, we all saw what he could do. He's pounding his chest, opening, cracking open fake beers. like. And in Japan, like, they love the excitement and energy. So I definitely think he's going to bring that there. Like, we're seeing these guys hit home runs. And like I said, 30 seconds ago, they're flipping the bat in the stands. So I definitely feel mm -hmm. like he's going to bring that energy. He's going to just feel like he's going to just fit in, I think. He's not. He's gonna take a little bit yeah. to understand the language, obviously, because it's Japan. Not everyone's gonna understand him. He's not gonna understand. He's no. Not a lot of people are gonna understand him. He's not gonna understand them. It's gonna be really hard for him to piece it all together at first to the new environment. But after a while, I really think he's gonna really like it, and I think Japan to really pan out for him. Yeah, I think I think the fans over there all like him. You know, they like you said they they have fun with games. They don't take it as serious as the MLB does. You know, they're. You flip a bat the MLB or you do something like that, like Trevor Bauer, you know, with the sword. They take people take that personally, and then it causes issues. People start fighting and arguing. Like over there, they have more fun with it. So I mean, hopefully, maybe he'll fit in over there. Maybe people he'll draw a big crowd over there. Now off that top, we're gonna move on to Jose Jose Quintana will not return before July. He will undergo surgery. I was reading on this, and the guy had a cancer scare. So, honestly, as a Mets fan, I'm more happy to hear that the guy doesn't have cancer than that he's going to be able to pitch for us. Because not, I'm happy for the fact he doesn't have cancer, obviously, because people, obviously, people in my family have had cancer, and it sucks. So, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, not even my worst enemy. So, mm -hmm. but I think McGill or uh, David Peterson is going to handle the fourth spot. I think Cookie's going to really. I think honestly, Carrasco might move up to the four. And then David Peterson or Tyler McGill might just be the five. But whoever one of them isn't the starter, I really do believe that they're going to be a key bullpen pitcher for us for eat, to eat innings. If a pitcher doesn't do good at the start, I feel like one of them will just come in and do really good out the bullpen. Or if they start the game, like last year, both of them started a good bit. McGill got hurt at the beginning of the year. I think mm -hmm. he started about like four or five games before he got hurt. But it was pretty solid. He started opening day for us, and it was pretty good. So. I definitely think, in my opinion, I would go with McGill just for the fact that we could get on the because we trusted him last year to be our opening day starter. Why not start him? Why not trust him for the number four spot? You know what I mean? So yeah. I definitely think that Peterson or McGill, I don't think this will affect us that much. Like I said, I'm happy the guy doesn't have cancer. And uh, I don't know. I just I don't think this will affect the match that much, honestly. No, I mean, obviously it's it's – you don't want to see a guy that you just picked up. You don't really get to see him pitch yet much for you. I mean, obviously, everyone, everyone was excited to see him come up, pitch for the Mets. But like you were saying, you know, you got Peterson, you have McGill. I don't think either one of those, you know, either one of them would be a bad option for a five for a five ball pitcher. But, you know, like I said, I think it was last week about Vigo came in, was part of that, was a five-person no-hitter. So obviously he's he's not a bad pitcher. He can pitch, you know, in big situations like that. So I don't know. I think my opinion I'd probably take Big Hill over Peterson, but like I like I said, you guys know more about that than I do. I'm not a not too knowledgeable about the Mets guys. Yeah, this is it, I I just saw that during a mar uh his start during the Cardinals on May March fifth that uh he thumbed.
like his like his rib area, and then like they underwent they underwent they under he underwent like tests, and it showed that he was really close to having cancer, and like he's just gonna have to get the surgery, and he's not gonna be he's not gonna pitch for three like three months. So what I think when honestly in the happening is if he comes back, and but if McGill or Peterson are doing good in his absence, I feel like we're just gonna throw him in the bullpen for this year at least. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to hit on. I said maybe if he comes back, they'll probably just use him as a bullpen arm, depending on how, like you said, the other guys are doing. But, I mean, even when they, when he comes back, I can't see them bringing him in as a five-hole with, you know, all the shit that he's been going through already. Probably let him have, you know, this season to rest, you know, kind of get more comfortable again. But, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see what goes on, I guess. All right. What's the next topic? Oswald Peraza is most likely going to be the opening day starting shortstop for the Yankees. I know you have a couple things to say about this, so yeah, hear it. Yeah, so I was I was reading into that. Um, don't get me wrong, Peraza came up last year, played I don't know, I think it was forty six. I don't know some games with us. He didn't do terrible. I mean, he batted three hundred six, had a home run, and forty nine at bats. Which I mean isn't bad for a guy that wasn't up long, but spring training so far he's three for twelve. So and then you have Anthony Volpe's coming up, crushing the ball, playing absolutely insane. And I know Cashman said it's not a hundred percent a done deal yet. If Volpe keeps you know performing the way he is, there's there's a fair chance that they're going to bring him up and you know keep Peraza back in the minors yet. And I saw something else about that with ikf they may just use ikf as a utility player this year and now that harrison bader's out for like six weeks it's it's going to be weird moving people around the outfield i think they're going to have judge and center ikf kind of playing here and there left to right but yeah i mean that's it seems like there's gonna be a lot of moving around with ikf this year in my opinion i think Think they should bring Volpe up, let let him do what he what he's gonna do, and see how see how it works out. If if it doesn't work out for them, which I don't see it not working out, they could always bring Peraza up or just keep IKF there until Peraza gets more comfortable or comfortable enough to bring him up. Yeah, I, I just I I see them starting Peraza just because like he had experience from last year. Like you said, he had 49 at bats batted at 306, which isn't horrible for third for which is really good for 49 yeah, at bats. So I definitely think it's just just for the plain fact that Peraza has more experience. I definitely think Volpe should definitely have chance to start there because he's been ripping in spring training. I've honestly liked watching him in spring training. Him and Dominguez have been two of my favorite people to watch in spring training, to, to be completely honest. So, I definitely think Volpe will get a shot once if Peraza doesn't do his uh, part at the start of the season, but I just think mm-hmm. they're giving the Peraza the nod just because he came up last year. He played pretty good for those for those 46 games off those stats you told me. So I definitely think that just for the plain fact, Peraza has more experience in playing him in the major league. And how you said, how I said two pods ago, like everyone's saying, oh, they're not facing as good pitching, blah, blah, blah. Peraza obviously faced pretty good pitchers last year because he got called up during the season. Not yeah. Volpe is uh, 
you're doing this against pitchers that are not in the MLB. Some are, obviously, but yeah. some that are fighting for a chance to be in the MLB. But I don't think you could take that away from the fact that Volpe is an absolute monster. Like, every time I see something on him, he's like two for four, two for three with a stolen base, a double. Like, it's not it's not like the guy's only hitting for singles and stealing bases for you. The guy's yeah. stealing bases and hitting at a early rate, at a power rate, too. He's hitting doubles and singles, at doubles and home runs, like, almost three other games, too. So I definitely think Volpe should definitely get a chance. But like I said, it's just Peraza probably has more experience up there. And I don't know. But I also want to touch on Dominguez. Like what I've seen him doing every day, I, I go on Instagram, the guy's in the nuke. Like his bat, his bat speed is crazy. Like I, I, wanted, I wanted to touch on that. That guy's bat speed is ridiculous. The Yankees yeah, have the- really good people coming up for them in the next couple of years. They're going to be scary. I feel like – We've been saying this a lot. This team can make the World Series this year. Like, they're really good. Rodon's, we're going to talk on this after this, but Rodon, start the season on ILs, it's probably going to suck for you guys because you're not, because you already lost Taz and now you lost Rodon. So now you're going to have probably Schmidt and Ehrman to be the four yeah. and five because you're going to bump bump Severino, obviously. So, like, the Yankees could really be good as long as once Rodon comes back from IL. If Peraza is playing at the at the rate they want him to play at, if there's no need to bring up Volpe, because I don't think they will, because Glaber's Glaber Torres, and in my opinion, he's a top five second baseman. So I think that the Yankees do something really going for us here. I hate the Yankees coming from a Mets fan. Like this hates this hurts me to say this, but I do think the Yankees are going to be one of the best teams not only this year, but in the next four or five years. 10 years just for the plain fact that they have Oswald Peraza, who's a beast, Anthony Volpe, who's a beast. If they could uh, keep Cabrera, Oswaldo Cabrera, and if he pans out, to, if he's playing good, they're going to obviously keep him. They, if they keep him, he's going to be good. Like, there's a lot of people that the Yankees have that as long as they could keep have Judge for his whole career. Like, they have – if they could just build around Judge – especially with this young farm system they have, they are going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing I think that's going to hurt the Yankees this year is just the injuries. Because, I mean, it's it's not even, you know, opening day yet. And they already have Bader, uh, Rodone. I don't know if Nestor's technically on the IR. I know he was dealing with an injury, and that's why he didn't pitch in a baseball classic. But I just think that's going to be the biggest thing all year is just keeping people healthy, keeping people – you know, pitchers more or less. I mean, it's just it's just going to be tough. I mean, like you were saying, they have a lot of a lot of good talent coming up the next couple of years. They have Oswaldo Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe, Dominguez. So, I mean, the next five years or so, I think they're going to have a really good team. And it also depends on who they can keep through free agencies and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, Dominguez, he's crushing the ball. But he's also only 20 years old. Don't know if you want to bring him up quite yet. In my opinion, I wouldn't just because of how young he is. But that's not saying that young players couldn't perform well. I mean, you had Juan Soto in the World uh, Series. He's 20 years old. Yeah, but I wouldn't wouldn't put Juan Soto and Dominguez on the same level. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, like, because, yeah, because, like, Soto was 20 and, like, winning a World Series. Like, Dominguez, you have a point when he's 20, but, like, we've seen people come into the league real early. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
but I mean, I like I said before, you just want to get these guys their reps, let their get their confidence up, you know, let them keep doing what they what they're doing, and you know, let them figure it out for themselves. I mean, Dominguez, I, there's nothing really you can change about that. Neither can neither can Volpe. I mean, they're both on a tear, making cases to make opening day roster. But I mean, the only one that I can see making an opening day roster right now is Volpe, like we said. Uh. Going off what you said about how Dominguez is young, like I like that point because we've seen a lot of young players be really good their rookie year and then sleep their second year bat. Like we had Will yeah. Myers from the Tampa Bay Rays. Will Myers was a rookie of the year at one point. Where the hell is Will Myers at now? He's on the podcast. He's a bench bat. You have Juan Franco. Don't get me wrong. Wander is still a very, very good shortstop. His rookie his rookie year batted like a three-some. This year batted like a 236. Like, there's – like, I feel like that's a good point you made. I feel like Dominguez definitely needs more time in the minor league. He's ripping the ball against these players. Don't get me wrong. But if Dominguez could – he's already so good, but if he could uh, perfect his game even more before he's in the majors, he's going to be a real problem, especially if your outfield could be Harrison Bader in center. You have Judge and right, and then just throw uh, what's his uh, – Dominguez in left. That outfield, in my opinion, could be the best in baseball. Because, I mean, like like working off that, that's not just a good, you know, defensive outfield. That's also a lot of power bats. Like, not saying Harrison Bader's, you know, power bat just like Judge, but he gets hits, he gets clutch hits when you need him, and he's fast as hell. So, I mean, those are three good, good guys to have in your lineup and in your outfield too. Yeah, the, I just feel like the Yankees over the next couple of years, like – Obviously, like they have Donaldson, they have like Jeff. Those are players that I don't see staying there next uh, next year. Obviously, I don't see Donaldson or IKF or even Aaron Hicks being a Yankee next year, or even being traded during the trade deadline. Like I don't see any of them being a part of what they want to build. But I'm telling you right now, if they, because I already think that when Rodon comes back, that's the best rotation in the league, no question. But if you could just build around Judge the next, you paid the man money. I applaud that you gave the man what he deserved. You have Jason Dominguez, who has been talked about for literally, I've heard about this kid since I was in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard about this kid three, four years. Like, this kid has been talked about since high school. Like, this kid has been known to be a freak since high school, and he's proven it. So, and Volpe. Like, I have, I, I've only heard of Volpe for a year and a half, but what I've seen and heard about him is insane. So this farm system and these young guys the Yankees have, it's going to be insane to watch. I'm Like, it's going to be crazy. And it sucks. Like, I keep saying this. I'm a Mets fan. It, it absolutely hurts my soul to say this. But the Yankees could be literally – they already have 27 rings. Like, they're already the greatest franchise in, in MLB history. Yeah. But if they could just build around Judge these next couple of years, they're going to have, like, 33 like it don't matter. Like this team could be insane. That's and that's what I said. Like I said before, I think the Yankees' biggest problem the next few years is to keep everybody healthy. I mean, if if you can keep everybody healthy off the IL, I think I think it's they're gonna have a good chance at you know making some runs, maybe winning some rings. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know, dude. This team could be so good if they pan out. Like, they already signed Judge. Like, they have Rodon for, like, six years, right? I believe. Yeah. Six, they have, 62. 
and Garrett Cole is is there for how long? Uh, I forget what his contract was. I know they paid him a lot, though. He's going to be here yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah, so, like, you have two dominant pitchers. You have Nestor Cortez. I'm sure you guys will end up giving him something. If he could yeah. pitch how to the level if he, he pitched last pitching year. If he pitching like he did last yeah. year, he's he'll get paid. Yeah. Not, saying, not saying he's going to get, you know, another 10-year, oh, yeah. $200 million contract, but mm-hmm. they're, they're going to pay him his fair share. Yeah. And to be completely honest, as of right now, because I definitely do think with Rodon out, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a way that you guys don't. I don't think you guys have the best rotation without Rodon, obviously, because you're gonna have Severino, Clarksman, Domingo, Yerman to be the three, four, five to start off the year. But once this guy could come yeah. back, and if he could come back, because his first spring training outing, the best, a lot of pitchers that are dominant don't have the best spring training outings after. Their first, like their first outing, like Max Scherzer got hit around. So did Rodon. Dylan Cease got hit around. A lot of pitchers that were dominant last year got hit around at the start of the spring training. I'm not worried about it though. It's spring training. I don't give a shit. But like I said, I don't think wrote without Rodon. You guys definitely still have a top rotation without the guy. But once this guy could get back in here, it's gonna be insane. Because yeah, I don't think I, he's gonna really miss that much, right? Only like maybe one or two starts to start the season. Probably around there, yeah. No, I mean, the Yankees, you know, rotation isn't – it's not bad. They have younger guys that can come in, you know, eat a couple games. But they have a lot of guys that I wouldn't count on pitching them, you know, con- consistently throughout the year. I mean, Yerman, I, I do like him. Um, It's, it's just tough because, I mean, you sign Rodon, but the biggest names in – MLB right now, pitching wise, to a huge contract. Everybody's excited to see him, and he gets hurt before the season starts. So, I don't. I mean, it's it's gonna hurt not having him, but I think once he comes back, if he's you know 100 again, it's 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 gonna be a good season. Go Mets. On to our next topic. Uh, <laughs> our thoughts on Team USA, and honestly, after that first game, I was kind of. I was kind of embarrassed, dude. Like, that lineup shouldn't be hidden for the first game. Yonder, I was watching against when they played Canada. Yonder said as a team, their first game, they batted a 167. That lineup should not be batting a 167 in a game. No. You had Tr- Trout went 0 for 4. Mookie went 0 for 4. Like, the whole team did shit. Yeah. Except Arenado. Arenado. Arenado did really good. He batted like yeah. 438. He ba- he went like he went three for four, I believe, the first game. He was the only guy on the team that wanted to win. But against Canada, dude, that was just a beatdown. That poor 19 kid. That poor 19 year old kid. <laughs> but yeah, that that Mexico game, I was looking at, you know, some of the stats after. Like, yeah, I mean, USA should not have played that bad, but. Mexico really just crushed the ball. Like, Randy Rosarena came up, crushed double. I mean, Joey Menendez, he hit, I think, two home runs. Like, they, you just you just couldn't stop them. They were just, you know, hitting their stride, and that was it. But, yeah, the, the second game, that was – that was they were making up for that Mexico game. They were crushing the ball. Everybody was hitting, hitting well, like – yeah, I mean, they. I think they had a chip on their shoulder after that one. What's pissing me off, dude, is like, all like, 
that Mexico pitcher was topping out at 93 miles per hour, and they were just watching it go down the middle. Like, Trout mm. was literally looking at pitches down the middle that he could have spent 500 feet. Like, it was pissing me off. Like, it actually was. But the Canada game, that poor 19-year-old kid, wherever you are, if you're watching this, don't put your head down, man. You had to literally face a dream team. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how he could have done that. If you put me, I would have been shaking. Like, I've been shit myself. <laughs> yeah, like, if, if you told me that, if you told me that I would be pitching to a lineup that has Jeff McNeil batting ninth, JT Romuto batting eighth, Tim Anderson batting seventh, like, I wouldn't even show up. Like, that kid got stomped. Like, yeah, I mean, it, but what, what are you going to do? It's, yeah, you really you're can't. Putting that, you're putting that situation that. to represent your country, and then you get yeah. absolutely shelled like that. Like, yeah. like, I, I, like I said, I feel bad for him, but. Part of baseball is part of being a pitcher. Yeah, but like have the outings. Canada was like the whole Canada team was like was for the kid. Like Freddie Freeman went up. He was like, "Dude, don't, don't put your head down. Like, look at the team we're playing, bro. Like, you can't really, you can't really do anything else, dude. Like, I'd be happy to even throw a strike against one of them. Like, he threw a he threw a strike to he threw a strike to Mike Trout. I'd be happy I did that. Like, I don't care." Like it's just it's just crazy that we're in a pool like we're in pool C I believe yeah we're in pool C and there's teams like Israel, uh Colombia, Great Britain like this whole pool has Colombia beat Mexico, Mexico beat USA, Great Britain beat Colombia, Colombia beat Me- I think I said that already and then we beat we lost to Mexico and we beat Canada and we beat Great Britain like. Pool C, like, they're it, like, there's, they, it's like, it's so weird. They're putting up a fight, <laughs> like they are putting up a fight, and it's so weird because I'm thinking we're gonna come in here and dominate. Like, there's no way teams are gonna be able to touch us. Mexico yeah. comes in and just stomps our heads off. Like, it's crazy. But Randy Rose, like how you said, Randy Rose, rain. Will Smith's dumbass fist pumping him. He got pissed off because of that. <laughs> guy hit guy goes three for five with two doubles, a single, and like four RBIs. Joey Manessis comes up, hits two bombs, and has five RBIs by the fourth inning. Like it's crazy. Like, like it's all it's all like it's crazy. It's not only in baseball. Momentum is insane. And Mexico had the whole all the momentum the whole game. Yeah, like, uh, players, we're going to, our next topic is players in the WBC who have stuck out. And it's, I think it's so cool. That guy from, uh, Nicaragua, Nicaragua guy, guy is 21 years old, put in a impossible, literally basically impossible situation. You're facing one Soto, you Rodriguez, Rafael Devers, who are all three of them in the top 20 baseball players in the MLB and go out there and strike out all three of them. Like, and you get a contract right after. Like, you got to yeah. love seeing that. Like, there's a lot of guys that I've seen in the in this tournament that have been really good but just ha- are not in the MLB. That's I think that's what I said the one time. I said, World Baseball Classic, you're bringing in guys from all over the world to play. The best baseball players in our country, you know, give or take, however you – but – like you said about that guy from Nicaragua, you're bringing in guys, you're putting them on a national or global platform, letting them do their thing, and then you're having the MLB say, "Hey, that guy's pitching real good. Let's let's you know let's talk to this guy." And you have 
you have deals maybe getting made out of them. And that's, I mean, that's great to see. Because, like, the MLB is not just, you know, American players, you know, Dominican players. Like, you're having guys from all over the world pit or playing in the league now. And that's, and them guys from out of the country are by far some of the better players, if not the best players in the league. Oh, uh, uh, I saw something else. There's this 21-year-old kid from Japan. His name is Roki Sazaki. And he's throwing 101 consistently. And you, Darvis, said that uh, he has one of the best offbeats he's ever seen. And that's coming from an MLB pitcher. Mm-hmm. So it's it's crazy how, like, well, it's not really crazy because, like, these Japan pitchers are going to get their contract whenever it's a lot like, cause it's not every, they can't get a contract every year. I believe like at, on free agency, it's like yeah. every three years, like there are a lot of reach out players in Japan and uh, offer them some, but dude, if MLB pitcher is saying that you have one of the nastiest uh, off speeds as a 21 year old, I think you got to, like you gotta just be like, wow! Like I could really do this one day. Like if you mm-hmm. Darvish is saying this to you, like you know you could you could really like could be big. There's also Ooh. a kid from Great Britain I saw. His name is Harry Ford, I think. Yeah, uh, he had two him. home he had two home runs. He, not in both in the same game, but in the game against USA, he had a home run. And the game that they beat Columbia hit a home run. Harry Ford is also a prospect for I don't know what team. I want to say the Pirates, but I'm not 100% sure. But there's yeah, a lot of prospects. Sure. There's a lot of prospects who are representing their country too, and it's really cool because obviously they're not gonna have the chance. They don't. They don't know when they're gonna have the chance to be called up and play against these guys. Mm-hmm. So they have a chance to like really. Uh, try and show their teams what they could do against these guys. And Harry Ford is hitting home runs against MLB pitchers. Like, he hit one against, uh, I want to say, Miles McCallis, and then one against uh, uh, Luis Garcia from the Astros for Columbia. So it's not like this guy's hitting home runs off guys that are throwing 89 miles per hour like the rest of the teams. This guy's hitting all home runs off MLB pitchers who are throwing – 99 plus and he's doing he honestly did really really good for great britain yeah i mean there was there was a couple things or a couple articles and stuff i've seen about i know the the czech republic team they're they're not like baseball players by any means they're just regular you know ordinary guys in their country but you had i don't even i don't even remember the names but you had the the pitcher for czech republic that struck out shohei otani on a pitch that he didn't throw a pitch over like what 80 miles an hour. Like, like stuff like that's just cool to see. Like regular everyday guys coming in, pitching well, striking out big names like Shohei Otani and stuff. Like yeah. that's that's, that's fun. That's that's so cool to see. That's so cool. Like the guy's an electrician. Like I saw that what mm-hmm. you were talking about. The guy's literally doing people's electricity for them. And he just struck out Shohei Otani. Like it's yeah, like arguably the best player in the MLB right now. Like yeah, it's, like it's insane. It's, it's so cool. Like and on and obviously like none of these guys give a shit. Like Shohei was probably like all right, it don't mean like whatever. He was laughing, I think when he but when the he guys like the, guy, the guy's probably like on the the like he feels like he's on top of the world probably, bro. He just struck out at AL MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's just so cool to see. Like I don't know, it's just really cool. I just love watching the WBC. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's just so cool, like watching, like not like all these, like all these, uh, 
Hispanic countries, like when they get a hit, you, you see the, you hear the horns, you hear all the drums. Like, it's so yeah. cool. Like you're not seeing this in a regular MLB game. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch. All right. On to our next stop. We got team Venezuela, team DR and team PR and team Venezuela is out for blood. They are killing it right now. They have, they're three and oh, they just manhandled, uh, Nicaragua. They have Acuna, Luis Arias, Anthony Santander has been ripping for them. He had an absolute nuke against Al- Alcantara their first game. Their lineup is honestly really good. Like they have like they're, they're honestly really good. And their pitching, they only really have Martin Lopez and Pablo Lopez, Pablo Lopez uh, for the Twins, and then Martin Lopez for the Rangers, I think. Yeah. But, dude, that lineup is really good. Like, Arias, dude, I see Arias, and he's so into it. Like, Arias, like, the guy doesn't swing and miss. Every time he swings, he makes contact. It's so it's insane. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you, look at, you look at their you look at their team. Like, obviously, you there's players on a team that are, you know, big-name players like Acuna and Otove and, you know, Salvador Perez. But you didn't – you look at Dominican Republic, you look at Puerto Rico. Those were the lineups and the you know rotations that you're like these guys are come in here and they're gonna they're gonna dominate because it's the biggest names in the MLB pretty much. So to have Venezuela come up and you know put a smackdown on Puerto Rico and Dominican, that's that's fun. That's you like to see that. Like I'm always gonna root for the underdog. So whatever the underdog teams that have come in yeah. and put a whooping on someone, I'm gonna love every second of it. Yeah, unless it's magic, unless it's magic versus US. Yeah, <laughs> but team uh, team PR just threw a perfect game in seven innings. I don't know if you saw that. Kike Hernandez walked it off, and everyone just started dog on on. Like the mercy rules, like that's that's pretty cool, I guess. Like a perfect game in the WBC. Don't get me wrong, Israel's horrible. Like they were taught, there were there there's guys topping at 89 miles per hour pitching, but like it's cool to see, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Team the R. Yeah, I mean it's. Oh, my bad. No, I mean, like I said, it's like I said before, it's it's fun to see these guys come in and not, they're not playing as you know. I mean, they're still playing competitive, but they're not playing as you know serious. Like they're not taking it as serious as you know MLB teams do regular season. But you know, they're still they're still out to win. They're still there to make a name. But like you said, Dominican and Puerto Rico, whenever they get a hit, you know, everybody's. Flipping out, carrying on, you know, yelling—that's fun. It it's a it's a good environment to watch. Makes it you know entertaining to watch. Yeah, like it's just like how we keep saying, like this is just so fun to watch. Like every everyone's country's getting into it. Like you see so many people from different countries going to Arizona and Florida to watch these games and watch their country play. Like it's just so cool. Not only just because like can't like. I'm going back to the Canada situation. That kid was 19 years old, didn't do good at all, but Canada still had his back. Like, they were all still for him. They knew what his task was, basically impossible. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just really cool to see all these countries come together, play each other, and, like, just get so hyped. Like, Garrett Stubbs hit a game-winning double the other day against, uh, so I don't know what team it was, but, like, he got – Pipe on second base, like it's just like I don't know, like it's just so 
fun watch. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Well, did you see in the Japan game, too, when Shohei hit that home run, and the fans were, like, passing around the baseball, everybody was taking pictures of it, and they gave it back to the person that caught it. Like, you don't see that shit in the United States. <laughs> no. No, no, you have grown, you have grown men like Zach Campbell ripping baseballs out of kids' hands. Yeah, like, you, don't, you don't see that shit in the United States. Yeah, like I'm telling you right now, if someone caught a baseball from Shohei Otani and was passing it around, and I got it up, they're not, they're not getting that ball back. No, <laughs> like it's like no. So like, like how you said, like it's just so fun. Like, it's just so cool and just fun to watch. Like, oh, my God, I love it. It's going to be so cool to watch, like, everyone from, like, how let's say, like, USA is going to make it out of pool C. It's going to be fun to watch USA play PR. It's going to be so mm-hmm. fun to watch, uh, let's say, DR versus, uh, I don't know who else is good. Japan. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Japan's probably going to be in the championship. Japan's up right now. Yeah, I think they might be in that championship, to be honest. Well, I saw something else too that Shohei's supposed to pitch either this week, like I think this week sometime. And if they make it beyond, he's he's done because that's going to be too close to spring training. He has to come back and you know do his regular shit for the MLB. So I mean, they get the, they get in the finals. So they're not going to have Shohei. Maybe that'll hurt him. Maybe not. They could just throw that twenty-one-year-old Roki if he's good to go. Yeah. But that's probably all for today, guys. Thank you guys for watching episode 13 of The Baseline. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. Peace.